Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to do what we have done for the first 14 weeks of the season. We're going to break down Thursday Night Football, share Matthew Fox's games of the week. We're going to talk about some fantasy football starts and sits as we enter the playoffs. And then, of course, I want to share some best bets of the week. And then we'll end the show with our movie corner. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? Doing pretty good. On to another cup of coffee. Crisp like 30 degrees, supposed to get some snow again today. I guess it's not even 30 yet. Yeah, I think we're we're, at, we're hovering around 44 here in Nashville. Um, there's been some there's been some threats of some snow possibly in the forecast over here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely that time of the year for you more so than me because you know you live in Snow City. So I know it's supposed to be a lot colder tomorrow, and I have a an appointment. Uh, Tomorrow, don't get old, kids. You have to do fun things like getting spine x-rays. Oh, God. So next, first off, that's terrifying. Secondly, next Thursday, it's supposed to be 33 with a low of 8, 21 with a low of 11, 24 with a low of 17. That's going to be fun. Great for time you? For Christmas. Yeah, for me. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to get, uh, that's what they said, Arctic air is supposed to drop in. And they think it'll come up against the foothills where we are one day next week, probably Thursday. Where it might be 10. I was like, ah, it's swell. Love that journey for you. Um, before and for you. We, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> man, once you get older, man, this cold, these weather, the rain, it all hits It all hits you differently. You can't even do anything about it either. So This week's episode brought to you by Geritol. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, there was some interesting things that uh, transpired, so let's go ahead and dive right into news and notes. Cole Beasley must have seen the writing on the wall down in Tampa Bay that they were going to have a disastrous season, um, so he retired. Well, now he has unretired and is back on the practice squad with the Buffalo Bills and right back in the playoff hunt. Um, I I don't hate it. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't really know what it's going to add to the table. He at least is familiar with the offense, so he knows the offense are running. He's familiar with Josh Allen, so that helps him as well. Um, I do think that it's just another piece to that puzzle there. Um, they just need to learn how to run the ball is really what they need to be worried about. They don't do that very well and haven't done that very well outside of Josh Allen run the ball. Um, I don't know how much this moves the needle other than just having another reliable piece because, you know, Gabe Davis exa- hasn't exactly been the breakout that I think even the Bills thought maybe he would be this year. I know he's battled some injuries and stuff like that, but he's had a game or two where he's been – that guy but then outside of that he's kind of been i get i mean i hate to say the word pedestrian but he hasn't exactly lit up the world with his with his playmaking ability and i do think part of that has to do with the lack of run game you know you you are he is you know kind of the second 
you know, he's the second option in that offense. But, uh, you know, he's had – I mean, let's just look at – if you're looking at the last uh, three weeks, I mean, he has under 100 yards receiving and one touchdown. You know what I mean? And he's averaging, like, less than 10 yards per catch. And that's not what you kind of want out of a playmaking receiver. I'm not saying Cole Beasley's your playmaking receiver, but – he is a reliable guy that you can throw in the slot that can get you first downs on third and five. He can get you first down on, you know, third and three. You know what I mean? He's got reliable hands. He's tough, can take a hit. So what are your thoughts, Flex? Yeah, so despite the fact the Bills are 10 and three and the number one seed in the AFC, the first question Josh Allen got asked or the prominent question he got asked in the postgame last week is basically a reporter said, so this doesn't look like a Super Bowl caliber offense. And he kind of shrugged his shoulders, as we all would. But it's something to think about. You're right, Gabe Davis has been inconsistent. We haven't seen Dawson Knox uh, take off the way he did last year. They tried to replace Beasley's production in the slot with Isaiah McKenzie, who's made some big plays but also had a few bonehead plays, and the veteran Jamison Crowder, who's been largely unavailable. So I think this is a nod to a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, picking up a player that's worked well in the system before that can be something of a reliable security blanket for Josh Allen. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, I mean, it, you know, when it comes down to just the the sheer idea that he's going to be able to help this offense down the stretch, I, I think I like the move because you got to remember this: there, it, a three yard pass is just as good as a three yard run. You know what I mean? Like Tom Brady has made him made a name for himself in the in the fast paced short passing game. That's really essentially kind of a run game at the same time. So, you know, as we see, the running game does not work. Well, I don't even know if it doesn't work. I just don't feel like they give it a chance to work. You know what I mean? They don't let their running backs ever really kind of find a momentum early in the game. They don't try to establish a run. And they rotate too much. Um, that too. Also, I think this is probably an admission that that trade for Neheim Hines didn't work out because you would have thought that making that move for Hines was to address this area a little bit, to be looking at that short passing game, because that was something of a specialty for him with the Colts. He's been a relative non-factor. Yeah, exactly. Um, big news of the week, obviously, on Monday Night Football was Kyler Murray done for the year um, toward the ACL. It'll be interesting to see his timetable for that. It's pretty late. In probably the done for two years, if we're being honest. So um, there's a likelihood that he probably doesn't return until maybe the latter half of, of – of the 2023 football season, if, as, as you mentioned, if at all. Um, the one thing that I think that the biggest thing that this is, I do know the GM just took a leave of absence from the team for health reasons. Um, I think the writing's on the wall for Clingsbury there. The only, the only thing that I could theoretically see is, is him getting one of those passes and then next year getting fired about four games into the season. Like that's just – that's well, the only thing that I can safely see is they they don't not to say he has an excuse because they don't have an excuse to be where they are right now, but it saves them money. You know what I mean? Like it saves them a little bit of money. If you gave him a pass for this year, I don't know that you could actually make a move four games into next year because you are right. Most most solid NFL people, you know, I heard Bill Polian talking about this on NFL radio just a year ago, it, or just a week ago, is that ACL is a 12-month injury, and that's been a lot of the concern around Odell Beckham Jr. He tore his ACL in February in the Super Bowl. We're here in December. He's probably not ready to go. They're talking about him maybe being ready to go in January in the playoffs. So you're talking about Kyler Murray, a guy who relies on his legs and his mobility more than a traditional pocket-passing quarterback. 
tearing it near mid-December. If you're talking about a, an 11, 12-month injury, maybe he's back at Thanksgiving. You know, if you try to put him back in October, what would you get? And so the case really... And if you're not things, competitive, you know... Yeah. And so the case for Kingsbury really is if you're not going to fire him after this season, I don't know if they're out there rolling Colt McCoy, which is the Arizona Cardinal version of a Jacoby Myers season. You already know you are not really competing next year. That's why I think it's going to make it interesting um, to see if they make some kind of a move for a bridge quarterback or training. You know, do they take a chance on a Baker Mayfield to? is going to be a free agent. Do they try to acquire like a Zach Wilson who you're not sure if he's going to work out, but you have a franchise quarterback that's just not going to be yeah. ready. And do you try to compete because they also have a veteran core, you know, James Connor, Deandre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, JJ Watt. Those guys are not getting any younger. You're kind of in a win now window with your skill position players. If you think you're having two lost seasons, you know, do you try to move on from those guys? Do you try to flip the roster over? It's going to be a tough offseason. It's interesting that they're going in with leave of absence with Steve Kahn. They said it's for health reasons. They weren't real specific about that. But this is not going to be an ideal offseason to not have your general manager. Yeah, no, it really isn't. Um, it's very, especially a pivotal offseason where they'll have a high, for, high first, no, high first round pick again. Um, you know, or not again, but they'll have a high first round pick. They'll have a top 10, 12 pick probably more than likely now that you're probably not going to win very many games towards the end of the season. So it, it's a very pivotal off season. And to be honest with you, you're right. Like it's, if you're not going to fire Kingsbury now, you're not going to fire him until the end of 2023, probably just based on the simple fact of you're not going to have Kyler Murray at all next year. you got to look at it that way. You might have him in November, but if you're November, December, and you are three and eight, why are you? I mean, other than maybe playing him a couple games to get him field ready so that he's not completely, um, you know, coming into the 2024 season not playing for two years, I can see something like that, but it, it's kind of wild to see. Um, and, you know, kind of staying within that division, we are going to take a look at the Thursday night football game. All right, tonight's game is a big-time matchup for both of these teams as we see the San Francisco 49ers, who are 9-4, and four, have won six straight after starting the season 3-4, three and, four, three and four, taking on the Seattle Seahawks, who are 7-6 and six and currently on the outside looking in, heading into the playoffs. Um, big-time divisional matchup for these two teams as both teams are fighting for, for jockeying for playoff spots or, you know, division uh, or jockeying for playoff spots um, as a collective whole seeding wise. And of course, Seattle on the outside looking in San Francisco is four and oh this year in the division, but Seattle is three and one, a win this week would make both of these teams four and one. And then of course would only put them one game back of San Francisco with three weeks to play. But um it's going to be quite interesting. The first week of Brock Purdy, the Brock Purdy experiment uh, seemed to work out well. Um, I do think that this is, um, I mean, the Bucks suck. I mean, let's just, let's just, let's put the cards on the table. The Bucks suck. And, and the thing about it is, is I feel like this is going to be more of a interesting matchup because you are playing in Seattle on a Thursday. That crowd is loud and proud. 
um, and it's going to be a tough road game. These division matchups are always tough between um, everybody. So it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of unfolds. What do you think tonight, Mr. Fox? Tampa Bay is still a competitive team, and the way that they were able to dominate was impressive. But I also wouldn't overlook the fact that he played a majority of a game in which they dominated the Miami Dolphins coming off the bench cold. Um, he looked pretty good there, too. Purdy's a little banged up. Um, so be curious to see if that impacts him. Christian McCaffrey's a little banged up, which would be more of a concern. They also now are missing Debo Samuel. So you're talking about going on a short week. That being said, they have a superior defense, which is probably the most important thing for them to do. They, with that defense, wouldn't have, to, shouldn't end up being in a shootout, which is beneficial. On the flip side, Seattle's defense at home on Sunday gave up 30 points to Sam Darnold. So they're having all kinds of problems. Seattle is one in three over their last four. They have a real bad energy. They get Ken Walker back, which is, you would say, a positive, except for you're running into the teeth of a really good run defense. So I, this is a huge game for both teams. You're right, because Seattle is not only on the precipice of getting pushed out of the NFC West race, they're, to me, on the precipice of getting pushed out of the playoffs in general. I think there are four NFC teams right now battling for two spots, and that's the Lions, the Giants, the Commanders, and the Seahawks. And the Seahawks do not have an incredibly easy closing stretch. Uh, they have the Chiefs next week then they have the Jets, and then they get the Cardinals. So there's one good winnable game in there, but they're going to have a hard time with the Chiefs. I think they will have a hard time tonight. San Francisco on the flip side, they're still chasing Minnesota, and since Minnesota has been real up and down playing competitive teams, there's a shot they could get the number two seed. Those kind of seeding things matter um, when you're going in there. I know you can't get a buy anymore, but that matters for matchups and things that you're going to get. So this is going to be a good, hopefully, competitive game. I expect a lower scoring game because I think the 49ers offense has some pieces that are banged up, and the Seattle the Seattle offense is going to be running into a brick wall. Yeah, and the thing about it is you factor it, the 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 plus side of getting a two seed in the NFC is you won't see if you win your first game, you won't see Philadelphia until the title game if you play them. Right? You know what I mean? Philadelphia's pretty hot. Not to say I think personally on paper, I think the 49ers match up the best against Philadelphia, and I think they can beat Philadelphia. I don't care where they play them. Um personally, I'm I've been looking and I have bet on the 49ers' future to win the NFC. I do think that they are the best team in the NFC right now. Their quarterback does come, does come into question, but that defense is incredibly deep and sound. Um, I personally have it ranked 49ers, Dallas, and Philadelphia is how I have them ranked one, two, and three because Dallas's defense is really stout. But, I mean, my biggest concern with Dallas, obviously, moving down the stretch is their head coach and his inability to close – close out games and you know seeing Dak on the big game would be interesting but um 49ers said at a pretty 350 plus 350 to win the nfc this year and i like it a lot even with jimmy g gone even though i'm a big jimmy g guy and i feel like he doesn't get enough credit for what he's capable of bringing to an offense but uh, if purdy can at least stay um stay pat in what he's been able to do and if shanahan doesn't ask him to do too much I think that team's going to be just fine moving into the playoffs, but the playoffs are a different beast when it comes down to it. Um, who do you got winning tonight's game? Uh, I have the 49ers. Yeah, I think the 49ers win as well. Um, I agree with you. The Seahawks, man, this is this is an interesting stretch right now, man. Like this is a 
interesting stretch of, of games where we see a hot team like Detroit um, on the cusp. I mean, Green Bay is not exactly out of the equation. You know what I mean? They're lingering around there. They're only a game back from from Detroit, True. and and two games, you know, two and a half games back from that seventh seed. So it, it, they're still lingering. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that there's going to be anything that's going to come to that because, um, but they do have. They do have the Rams, Miami, Minnesota, and Detroit. So it's it's not exactly the hardest schedule to play down the stretch. But um, I'm, well, I'm it's possible interested. for Seattle that heading into the last week of the season, they're seven and nine on a stretch where they've been like one and six because, you know, 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, those are no lock. You know, the Jets may not have the greatest offense, but they have a killer defense, just like 49ers. Totally agree. Well, this week, no buys. God bless it, especially since it's the beginning of the fantasy playoffs. But you know what we do have is a full slate of Saturday football. We call this the uh, trying time for marriages uh, because you have Thursday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Monday night. I hope you got your Christmas shopping done early or you can get some time off on a Tuesday or a Wednesday because that's when you're going to need to wedge it in. Saturday, there's a triple header. The game of the day for me is the nightcap, which is the Miami Dolphins, 8-5 and five, coming off two straight losses. At the 10 and 3 Buffalo Bills. Um, this is a battle of a couple of teams that have huge playoff aspirations. I got choked up about that one. I'm so excited. The Sunday early game that I like, the Detroit Lions 6 and 7 at the 7 and 6 New York Jets. Huge playoff implications for both teams. The Lions have an awesome offense. The Jets have an awesome defense. Strength against strength in this one. Be curious to see how it turns out. The Sunday late window, the Tennessee Titans were once seven and three. They are now seven and six, and the ghost of the Jacksonville Jaguars is creeping up in their rearview mirror. Going to face a seven and six Chargers team who found their defense and beat the crap out of the Dolphins probably is not what Ryan Tannehill wanted to see. Nevertheless, this one has massive playoff implications. I think the Chargers are getting healthy and getting hot at the right time. They have a great opportunity to run the table and end up as possibly the top wild card with 11 wins. I know as weird as that sounds after how they started, they have an incredibly favorable stretch after this. They have the Colts. Rams, Broncos to close the season. I think they beat Tennessee. I think they win all those games. I think they're 11 and six and you're number five seed. Sunday night game, it got flexed into Sunday night, seven and five and one New York Giants at the seven, five and one Washington Commanders. These two teams met a couple weeks ago, played to a 2020 tie. They're still kissing their sisters, but they are out there trying to get it done. Commanders are at home coming off of a bye. They've only had to think about the Giants for the last couple weeks. The Giants got their butts handed to them by the Eagles last week. That seems like a negative sign. This has massive playoff implications because whoever wins this one is going to be at eight wins. I think nine wins locks up your spot in the NFC. Eight wins could get you there. So with the tie on the record, these teams have a little bit of an advantage over teams like the Seahawks and the Lions who will have to get more wins to get over them. Um my upset special this week, I forgot that I picked this as my early window game, so I'm going to pivot. And I, the New England Patriots are actually technically underdogs at the Las Vegas Raiders. I get it. The Raiders have a better offense. I also know that historically Bill Belichick's disciples have not fared well playing against him. I, If I'm betting on a coach, I'm betting on Bill Belichick and not Josh McFraudulent. I think the Raiders are going to win that game. I just want to bring up real quick. Um, my theory in, in, in what I believe 
is is very much in line to happen over the course of the next three weeks. If the Jaguars go two and one and the Titans go one and two, the week 18 matchup will be for the division. I'm not as crazy as I sound. Jacksonville, yes, they do play Dallas this week. I think it's going to be a little bit of a closer game than people think, personally. Um, but they have Dallas, Jets, and Houston. Jets are not playing great football right now. I think the Jags could beat the Jets, and they for sure could beat Houston. So let's just say they lose to Dallas. That makes them 2-1. and one. Tennessee has the Chargers, Houston, and Dallas, right? So, you know what I mean? They've got that Houston butter up right there. But, you know what I mean? I'm just saying there is a scenario where week 18, the Jaguars are playing for the AFC South. Especially since Tennessee looks horrendous. They have a tough closing stretch. Yeah. I wish the Jaguars had a few games I felt better about. I I feel good about the Jets in Houston. I don't feel good about Dallas. I feel good about the Jets. I think they could be the Jets. I don't feel good about the Jets. The Jets but have an incredible defense, and the Jaguars' offense, offense has been incredibly turnover prone. I just think if you look back on the Jaguars' schedule, if you could get back you know, that Denver game, I think they should have won. The don't you know, take away one of my prized wins. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I'll tell you what, man. The more they lose, the more the uh, the more the Seahawks are getting higher and higher in that pick right now. They have the they currently know, the Seahawks have, have the number three pick. Number number three pick right now in this draft upcoming. That's pretty crazy. Considering how good they've played, they could really stock up this uh, this coming year. And the thing about it is, the Seahawks could really trade back. You know That's what I mean? Pete Carroll. He'll probably take you know a middle mean? linebacker. Two middle linebackers. I'll tell you one thing the Jaguars wish they would have done. They would have taken Aiden Hutchinson like they should have. That's what they should have done. That They blew that pick. But um, I think they overthought it, in my opinion, which they've done a lot of. But I think Doug Peterson's going to get that team up and ready. I like Peterson as a coach. I think that he's got Lawrence playing pretty solidly. But I'm telling you, don't be surprised if my boys go out there and do this damn thing. Because that our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It would be the craziest and funniest thing ever. Obviously, living in Tennessee is watching the Tennessee collapse and have to go into week 18 and face the Jaguars of the division. That big domino was last week, and the way they came out and not just won but dominated definitely gives you a sense that tides are shifting. I agree, and the momentum's there, so I, I like it a lot. I, I do think they're going to be competitive against Dallas, too. I really do. I think they'll be competitive against Dallas. The problem is, the funny thing about it is, if everything falls the way it's supposed to, like you say, the Chargers get the fifth seed, that means it would be, and just say the Titans win the division, because it's more than likely it's going to happen. You know what I mean? A lot of things have that. That, but that would mean the first round of the playoffs would be Tennessee versus the Chargers, which would be hilarious because it's the same as watching Dallas play the shell of Tampa Bay. I mean, so well, congratulations, you get in the playoffs. I, I think, I think that the you know we can. I still have faith that Tom could beat the beat the Cowboys in the playoffs just because I have faith. Um, I'm kidding, by the way. Um, but I mean, uh, it's nothing. Things have happened. Well, yeah. I mean, remember the year was it the Seahawks? Watch playoff like Ryan Tannehill rolling an eight and nine Titans team all the way to the AFC Championship. Uh, I'll play, I'll quit. I'll quit fantasy football, football betting, everything. For Fantasy's the rest of my over life. at least by that point. So you don't have wow. to. My fantasy. My speaking of fantasy, my fantasy season's pretty much over <laughs> everywhere I look. I think. what man my fantasy season and my biggest money league came clashing down after losing because there's two games every week in that in the league that we play and i've lost six straight looked good for a wild card had a pretty good lead and then just it all went downhill so that's pretty fun but obviously we are in most of you guys's first week of the playoffs so there's a lot of um, opportunities but everybody's back on the table so it's it's one of those things where everybody's in the table there's no more buys which i think the bye weeks last week was the worst thing ever for fantasy football because it really cost me a couple different games across the board. It was rough. Especially having six teams out. Yeah, exactly. That was really bad. I hope they change that next year just based on – I mean, at the end of the day, I know people criticize fantasy football, but that's a lot of the reason why people watch the NFL each and every week. But um, with that being said, um, my starts – my most starts of the week are Justin Herbert at the quarterback position – um, need I say more? Did you see what happened last week to the Titans or last few weeks? The Titans secondary, they can't, the, uh, Autry can, remains to be out. They can't get to the quarterback. Herbert might throw for 10,000 yards this week. JK Dobbins came back last week. Look good. I think if they can get healthy, the Baltimore Ravens might be a little bit dangerous in a hard out in the playoffs. Um, Dobbins is very good when healthy period. You know what I mean? And the combination of him and Gus Edwards is pretty solid. I like it a lot on the opposite side of Herbert. I obviously like Mike Williams this week. Um, Mike Williams is one of those guys that kind of surprises me what he does each and every week, but he had several catches last week in that game that f- truly blew me away. 
Um, obviously, and then with Herbert, you know, you just kind of sell him. Like, look, man, like I, I like Tua, I do, but Herbert's a way better quarterback. He's a he's a very good manager of the foot uh, of the field. I just wish they had a better coach. I don't know if I, but I don't believe in the Brandon Staley uh, scenario anymore. To be honest with you, I kind of wish that he had uh, McDaniel's. I like Mike McDaniel. I like what he's doing down there in. in did I call him by the wrong name again? Yes. Mike McDaniel is the coach of the uh, Dolphins. McDaniels is the Raiders coach. Yeah. No, I definitely don't want that. Mike McDaniel, um, I would love I would love to see that combination. Honestly, the Dolphins. had a heart Raiders. attack. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you're going all in on Josh McDaniels. What is the problem? Yeah, this is stupid. Um, and then at the tight end position, I'm looking at Chikazami uh, Okinawa. Um, we can just call him Chig. Chig is looking fantastic over the last couple of weeks. He's got five plus targets in three straight weeks. Um, the, I, in my opinion, the chargers are going to be ahead and the t- Titans will be playing from behind. So that's going to give him the opportunity to get even more targets this week. What do you got? I think I'm, I'm taking a guess, but I believe how you pronounce his last name is Conquo, which yeah. we'll never remember. Uh, for me, uh, my start, Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, I know Minnesota lost last week. It wasn't because of Kirk. He threw for 425 yards. He and Justin Jefferson were killing it. They have a big game against the Colts this week. I think they're going to want to come out and put up points. Kirk is QB 11 on the season. Don't overreact. Kirk is still good to go. My running back start is Joe Mixon. He's back getting healthy. He missed a little bit of time, but on a points-per-game basis, he's running back five this season, 17.6 points per game. I think there is some opportunity to be had there running against a Tampa Bay defense that is no longer stout against the run. They're more middle of the pack. They're 20th in yards given up. Terry McLaurin is probably the happiest person in Washington that they went uh, to Taylor Heineke since week seven when Heineke took over. He's wide receiver 12th. Um, so they are going to lean on him. They need to get this big win on Sunday night against the Giants. I'm firing him up. And my tight end start is Evan Ingram. I know he had a huge game last week, and you don't want to typically chase points, but he's been having a solid season all the way along. He is tight end nine on a points-per-game basis. Um, he seems to have kind of – he's two things going for him. He's been healthy. He's played in all the games, and he's getting targets in that Doug Peterson system. So I think the Jaguars are going to have to try to throw to keep up with Dallas, uh, and that means Ingram will be involved. Uh, he's been a nice little surprise this year. Um, the talent's always been there. You're right. It's always been the health. And uh, I don't think they ever really used him right in New York either, but I don't really feel like they ever did anything right in New York, and I think they might be in the right direction, but the team's collapsing just as I predicted. Uh, my sits of the week are – give me Jarrett Goff as a sit this week. The matchup's tough. Um, I do think that the Lions are going to win this football game. Uh, I actually don't have a doubt in my mind the Lions are going to win this football game. They're playing very good football. Um, they made me look really bad last week, and um, I hate myself for it because I rode the Vikings. If only someone the- on this show would have picked the line. Wait. My <laughs> um, sit for the running back position, Travis Etienne. Um I just don't feel comfortable starting him this week against Dallas. Um, I think he's going to get some pass catching out of the backfield. I just feel like there's better options out there for you to start this week. Gabe Davis is my sit at the wide receiver position. I'm sure this will be the week Gabe Davis catches four for 150 and two touchdowns just because he's on my sit list. And tight ends, I don't really care about those guys. So what do you got, Matthew Fox, for your sits? Seven inches of snow in Buffalo, so you might not be wrong about it not being a robust passing game. Um, I said Ryan Tannehill. Um 
they don't have a robust passing offense. And <laughs> last week, the Chargers defense at home took apart Miami Dolphins passing offense, where Tua came in as the top ranked quarterback by QBR. Tannehill doesn't have those weapons, doesn't have that production, I'm not playing him. Latavius Murray, um, you know, I get the excitement that he's pretty much the only running back for Denver, but in the eight games that he's played there, he's only had two games with more than 60 yards. He's had no 100-yard games, and he's had six games with less than 50 yards rushing. Only has three touchdowns total. I'm just not buying in, even in an attractive matchup. Uh, my wide receiver sit, Chase Claypool. You know, Chase Claypool before the season said he was one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL. He got traded midseason to a Bears team that actually was catching a little bit of fire. Justin Fields has been doing really well, but Chase Claypool hasn't been a part of it. He's wide receiver 98 since the trade, averaging 4.3 points per game. You have better options. Speaking of better options, Miami has a robust passing game, but Mike Gusecki has not been a part of that tight end. 26 on the season, averaging 5.8 points per game. I am not firing him up in a must-win week 15. Yeah, it's that, was, that, that franchise tag will always be one of those things where I'm like, what is going on? I think that he's going to be one of those favorites to bounce back next year. I think if they time. knew that they could have gotten – that they were going to get Tyreek Hill, they probably wouldn't have wasted the tag. I agree. All right, folks, let's dive into uh, my bets of the week where I didn't have a swell week. If you follow betting, you know that weeks like last week happened to the best of us. I had a really rough week last week. I went one in five. Um, some of my bets looked really, really solid. Um, A.J. Brown ended up with 70 yards. Uh, his over was 71 and a half. Love that journey for me. The Seahawks looked downright embarrassing against the Panthers. The Vikings were plus three. Yep, that went about as pellant. Uh, Browns over one and a half touchdowns. Uh, will I ever learn to stop betting on the Browns? Probably not. Um, but Chubb got over that three and a half passing yards, receiving yards. And then Mahomes, uh, this one blew my mind. Mahomes over, you know, he needed to have one more touchdown than Russell Wilson last week. Russell Wilson decided to throw 85 touchdown passes last week. It was, it was incredibly insane how that even came out, and I still lost that bet. The only bet that I did hit was the Chiefs minus two and a half and the Bills minus three, six and a half point teaser. On the season, I am 41, 27 and one overall. Still not shot. You know, I'll tell you what. Going one and five and still being 14 games above 500 is pretty solid, I'd say. But uh, we're going to bounce back this week with my uh, – I've got three picks for you this week right now on the show. Um feel pretty confident about these three, too. Um, I'll have more picks probably Sunday morning with my buddy Clarkson. I think that we're going to try out a 10-pick week for each of us. So I'll recap those this next week on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour to let you guys, each of you guys know about that. Jalen Hurts over one-and-a-half touchdown passes. In their last six games, the Bears have given up 11 touchdowns opposing quarterbacks. Hurts has hit this number seven of the – uh, of the last eight games. I believe that Hurts wants this MVP. And in order to do so, he's going to have to throw passes. He's going to have to throw touchdowns. He's going to have to score points. And I think that he's going to continue to down that trend. Josh Allen over one and a half touchdown passes. I know the snow is scary. I understand that. But Allen and the Bills need this game just as bad as the Dolphins. Herbert just torched his team. Obviously, we're concerned about the snow, but I do think that once you get in that red zone, it's a little bit easier to throw in the in the red zone as well. Two touchdown passes seem like an ease for me with Allen. And then I like a six-and-a-half-point teaser. I'm, I'm digging these teasers quite a bit. But give me the Eagles minus two-and-a-half and the Lions plus seven-and-a-half this week. I think that that's the no-brainer for me. I think that the Lions plus seven-and-a-half obviously is a lock. And, of course, 
at the end of the day, I mean, the Bears are not a good football team. Um, so I think that the Bears can, I mean, the Eagles can handle them with ease. But if you give me two and a half points for the Eagles and then seven and a half for the Lions, that's a no-brainer. You're getting that at minus 130 as well. So that's a slam dunk bet. So recap real quick. Hurts over one and a half touchdown passes. Allen over one and a half touchdown passes. And then a six and a half point teaser with the Eagles at minus two and a half. The Lions at plus seven and a half. That gets you at minus 130. Fox, real quick, what are your thoughts on my picks this week? Yeah, the Jalen Hurts one seems like a lock. They're minus eight and a half, and I took the points there. The Bears defense is an embarrassment. I'm curious that you got uh, plus seven and a half for the Lions because the ESPN line when I was picking against the spread was plus 0.5 for the Lions, so much favorable spread. The thing I'll say about the Josh Allen one, I feel like this is the classic Josh Allen bully rushes for two or three touchdowns on the ground and only tosses like one or none and still has a huge fantasy day, but it isn't a huge passing fantasy day. Yeah, so right now on DraftKings, I have the Eagles at minus nine and then the Lions at plus one. So you're getting six and a half points on each side of that, and that gets you down to that two and a half and then up to the seven plus seven and a half of the Lions. So I like Which it Which is lot. great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, minus 130 is the betting line there. It's pretty sexy. So for those of you that listen just for the sports uh, fantasy football or sports session of the podcast, we thank you guys for tuning in each and every week. Follow Matthew Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself at Ricky Villar underscore. Make sure to check out the Music City Drive-In for all the articles and content that is going up. We've got a lot of end-of-the-year stuff coming up, including a podcast this Sunday that we're going to record that will be released to be determined, um, especially when it comes in the world of movies. Um, I'm excited to join Fox on and his Fox in Blankford this weekend um, for their show. Uh, we'll be live at I don't remember what time. Fox, 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 Fox. It is seven Eastern, seven Eastern on Sunday. I'll be live on their show talking a bunch of Christmas movies and some other stuff that I don't remember. But I have a show sheet Avatar. that I'll remember. Oh, Avatar 2. Which and really Pinocchio. Like. Uh, and Pinocchio, which I did like. All right. With all that being said, if you're not listening to the movie corner, thank you for tuning in. But if you stay for the movie corner, Let's go ahead and talk movies. Uh, quite a fruitful, fruitful, fruitful weekend of films um, that are set to come out. Uh, starting off, obviously, in theaters, the movie that's been 13 years in the making um, that I saw a couple weeks ago. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did not love the first Avatar. I didn't like it at all. I didn't think it was all that in a bag of potato chips. So I was kind of just whatever about this film, which I do think I, at the same time, I do say that with that being said, I would think that part of the reason why maybe I liked it as much as I did was because of my personal feelings on the movie. But um, I liked Avatar The Way of the Water. I'm excited for Fox to check it out tomorrow. I'm going to do Today. Okay, got you, got you, got you, got you. So I'm excited for you to check that out so that I can hear your thoughts on it. Bardo, The False, Chron False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, drops on Netflix tomorrow. Um, a movie that I didn't expect to love because I'm not a big fan of Inuritu and his work, but this film, this film got me. Um, it's my number, currently my number two film of 2022. Um, I love it a lot. Uh, I know Matthew Fox likes it as well. Uh, any, any thoughts on that, Fox? 
Yeah, I mean, it's got uh, a good lead performance. Uh, I'm with you. He should be, Camacho should be getting more recognition. Very creative visually. Um, very unique way to approach the story. I liked it more than I expected. Also, I've kind of had a a little bit of a middling relationship with Inaritu. Um, you know, Birdman, I thought there were things I liked about it, but I didn't love the movie overall as much as others. Same with The Revenant. Um, this is probably my favorite of his movies. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gato is, is incredible. It's one of those movies, it's not an easy watch. It's hard to recommend to people and say, hey, watch this, because it's not, unless you're like a film, avid film lover, it's not very easy for just the common person to watch, which I think that's kind of hindered a little bit when it drops on Netflix. But a film, another film that I really love a whole lot that's dropping on Prime Video is Nanny. Um, I liked Nanny quite a bit. I thought it was very original. I thought the direction and the writing were strong. Um, Any do up, I think her name is, uh, is in the lead performance in this. I really loved her in this as well. Um, it sat in my top 10 for a little while until I saw quite a lot other films, but I'd still say it's probably in my top 20 for the year. It's strong. It's different in so many different ways, but uh, that's probably why I like it. Um, this year, if you look at some of my films in my top 10, it's, it's a lot of different unique scripts that I feel like um, have really stood out to me this year. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I liked it okay. Uh, not as much as you. Um, I thought it was decent. I gave it, I ended up giving it three stars out of five. Not all of the narrative worked for me. Um, and there's, it builds to a lot of things that I thought I wasn't as taken with the last act. Um, the greatest, the greatest animated movie of all time comes out um, the 21st, I believe it's coming out. Yep, next um, Wednesday. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, the movie I did not expect to like at all because I'm not, I, I don't really care for his characters, but I thought it was funny. It's charming. It's going to be a great kids movie. Um, it's got a funny story to it. Um, I love the throwback to all of the, um, the you know, the old tales and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. Um, Harry, uh, Harvey Gillian gives a phenomenal performance as Puro in that. I was a big fan of his uh, voice acting performance in that. It's just a fun movie. Um, it's one of my favorite animated movies of the year. It definitely ranks up in my top three, I think it is now, um, mm -hmm. with Turning Red and Pinocchio, obviously. Uh, but it's a really good performance. Um, strong story. I liked it a lot. What about you, Fox? Yeah, I saw that one uh, this week. Um I liked it more than I expected to. I've never been a huge Shrek fan, you know, and this kind of spun out of that Shrek universe, but I like this one a lot better than the first standalone that they had. It had some really sweet moments, had a lot of funny moments. Um, was pretty clever. I also have it sitting at number three on animated films of the year for me behind Pinocchio. And I actually like DC League of Super Pets more than you. I did like that too. Uh, Carter, real quick question. Uh, pick two to to start non-PPR, Walker, Jones, Watson. Jones and Watson. Yeah, that's the running backs for me. It's, it's just a guarantee, especially non-PPR. It's, uh, it's the 49ers defense. If I thought that Ken Walker had a better matchup, I'm just worried that he ends up rolling out there for 30 yards and no touchdowns. And Aaron Jones and Christian Watson have a much better opportunity of scoring. I agree. And then he also is excited about Puss in Boots, as you should be. Um, greatest animated movie ever made. 
Um, Wildcat actually doesn't release on Prime Video. I haven't watched it yet, but it doesn't release on uh, Prime Video until the 30th it's of this month. getting a limited theatrical run next Wednesday. That's why I dropped it here, uh, because it's trying to qualify for Oscars documentary. I actually did um, watch this one because we got, you know, it's four-year consideration season, and I'm less discerning than Ricky. I will watch anyone's movie. Um, but this one... Uh, you know, soothed my soul during the first half of the Broncos game last week when they were down 27 to nothing. I was grateful. I was watching this kind of emotional story about a guy and some cats. I ended up liking it a little bit more than I thought. It's uh, in my top five of documentaries right now that I've seen. Uh, just a few other things that I've watched this week that I kind of enjoyed is Grail's um, Hulu show. Or Hulu reality show. I kind of like that a lot. Um, it kind of takes a look at the behind the scenes of the, the building of that. Um, I watched Cook at All Costs drops on um, Netflix tomorrow. Um, yep, no worries, man. Have a great week, Carter. Um, Cook at All Costs, I really liked it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of cooking shows, so it's a nice little twist. If you ever watch Cutthroat Kitchen, it's similar to that, but I really like that as well. Um, and then, um, that's, I think that's about it. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm going to give one shout out. So we talked about the Santa Clauses, which is the Santa Claus series on Disney plus a few weeks ago. And I was a little lukewarm after watching the first two. Um, it's not my most favorite movie franchise. And the first two episodes were a little bit slow and I thought, well, this just feels like, you know, an IP grab. We've now finished it. It was, it was six episodes of finale it was last night. It actually ended up being delightful. I think it's outside of the first movie, which is a classic. I think it's my second favorite installment in the franchise. It has some really fun and unexpected endings and ended up being a lot better than I thought when I started. Uh, oh, just real quick. I did watch Two Leslie. Andrew Reisenberg gives one of my favorite performances. Her, she's strong in that movie. I really liked it a lot. Um, I watched that. Trial of Sadness was really good for about two-thirds of a movie, and then it just falls off the rails. Um, Marcel the Shell with the Shoes On is just a fine movie. I care to never watch that movie again. And White Noise was pretty solid. That drops later this month on Netflix. Um, I think with all of that being said, we are out for this week. We thank each and every one of you for tuning into the show. Strong episode this week. Um, next week, we'll be back talking more uh, football, obviously. You know, we'll have a big slate of football games next week because there'll be games on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and, of course, on Chris the day after Christmas, obviously, with the Friday or Thursday or Saturday, Sunday, Monday slate. Is there a Thursday game next week? I think there is the last Thursday game of the week. Uh, real quick or question. Of the year. Uh, Purdy or Ryder? Um, Purdy. Purdy, yeah, for sure. I can't say wait to see what Ryder's – got in store for us i just can't trust him on week doesn't have the weapons doesn't have the weapons yeah it doesn't have the weapons either i just i'm excited to see what, and i don't think that i would trust him in if i'm if i'm going one game yeah if i gotta win this week i i, I definitely gonna put purdy um in the super flex there but uh thank you guys for tuning in and uh we'll talk to you guys next week go broncos <laughs>